Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. Today's guest is Kim Keel. 17 years ago, Kim had a near-death experience, and during her NDE, Jesus showed her the future. Kim, thank you so much for joining us today, and welcome. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. All right, Kim. Well, our audience likes to hear about near-death experiences, so if you don't mind, can we start on the day yours happened? Okay. Well, it, it really started, I've got a couple things, but it started when I was <clears throat> about um, nine years old, um, I, and I'm a Christian, okay, and I haven't been for long, but I am, um, but I had an experience, and and um, it was kind of an, it was in like, a, like an out-of-body experience. I was nine. We had just come home from church, and I was taking a nap in my bed, and I was awake. I'm awake. And I felt somebody pulling on my feet. I couldn't see them. And I'm fighting and struggling to stay on my bed. I'm fighting. And I knew it was Satan. I knew that. I couldn't see him. And I'm fighting and struggling, and he's pulling my feet. And I'm awake for this, sitting up in my bed. And then I see my bedroom door in front of me bust open, and I had nobody there, but I knew that was Jesus. I knew. I just had to know him. And now the pulling stops and the door's going bam, 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 bam. And I'm sitting in my bed watching this, you know, and then wham, the door busts open. It's over. It's calm. The sunny haze fills up my bedroom and I'm looking at the sunny haze in my room. It was peaceful and I knew that the Jesus had just won. Now, I didn't know what that meant. I went out in the kitchen, told my mother, she said, it was going to be a, a war over your soul. And I said, well, there's going to be war over everybody's soul. So why did I experience that? Why me? So I didn't know why. And then I get a little older, and I'm, I'm not really in church that much at all. Matter of fact, I became a very rebellious uh, teenager, young adult, in and out of uh, prison quite much. Actually, juvenile detention, jail all the time. You know, there's a lot of trouble, drugs, alcohol, all that stuff. Um but I did go with a friend of mine to this uh, church. She begged me to go with her. And I was in this, I was singing in the bars. I'm a musician. And um, I didn't go to church. So I went with her just to shut her up. And I'm sitting in that church. And this pastor, this prophet comes and calls me out of the uh, congregation. I go up and he's prophesying over me. And I'm standing up there thinking this man is so full of baloney. That's what I'm standing there thinking. And in nothing he said, he's like, God's going to give you songs to write, which he did. But at, not at that time. He says he's going to give you songs to write. And I'm thinking, this man's so full of it. And um, <clears throat> so he continues on. And I was thinking that. And then he said something that caught my ears went up. He said, he stopped. He said, God told me to tell you he sees you. When you sit in your chair and you cry, and you don't know why you're crying. Well, I, then I listened because I did that every day that week. I was crying. I was like, what are you crying for, you crazy girl? You cried with nothing to cry about. So when he said that, I listened. And um, he said, God's going to use you in a very mighty way in his kingdom. 
okay? And he said, um, Satan's going to try to steal your life through suicide. Now, this was about 10 years before I actually did that. Um, he said, he's going to try to say, and I thought there again, I thought that's not going to happen. Well, let's speed it forward. <clears throat> um, 17 years ago, it happened. Um, I decided I couldn't take uh, what I had done, what I had done. I couldn't live with it anymore. And um, I attempted to do just that, took my life. Okay. And um, I, I, I took a, a lot of pills, um, a whole bottle <laughs> of um, this Percocet and a half a bottle of Xanax. It's enough to kill a cow. Okay. And I remember <clears throat> laying back on my bed and looking around my room. And I remember thinking, this is the last time I'm going to see anybody. This is the last time. That's the last thing I remember until I stepped into the desert. I didn't float down no tunnels or no swirls holes and like that. I literally stepped into the desert <laughs> and there was my mother, first person I seen. And my mom was alive. Okay. And I'm looking at her and I'm looking behind me thinking um, where I just came from. I knew I just stepped into this, like another dimension. There's my mother. I'm thinking, what is she doing here? And I'm, what am I, I'm in the desert. And she said, look, there's Jesus. And there's a barn over there, an empty barn with a fence in front of it, like a white fence. And on the right side of it was Jesus sitting on a stump, teaching a group of people. And when she said that, I was like, oh, I don't want to see him because I knew how I, I knew what I just did. I remembered what I just did. And I was like, I don't want to see him. So me and her walk up to the barn, to the fence, and we take a left. And now we're walking down the side of that fence. And I'm paying attention to this fence. Okay. And I'm really noticing this fence. And when we get to the end of the fence, I notice it's the end of the fence. I'm looking at it. I hear stop. One more step, you're going to be in outer darkness and you're not coming back. And I stopped and I turned around and looked and there was Jesus on this side of the barn. Now, on the other side, he looked young to me. He looked like about 14-ish. He looked young. So I didn't know what that, I didn't know what any of this meant till this year, this year. So, and on this side, he looked like he was in his 30s, like, like he looked, you know, like he was. And so now I back up and I'm staring in his Face. We're face to face, but this fence is between us. He's on one side of me on the other, and I'm staring in his eyes, and he didn't say nothing. He stared at me like this. And I'm standing there the whole time going, oh, man, he wants to throw me into the pit himself. He wants to throw me in the pit. I was like, I was just freaking out. And then he nodded his head down, and he smiled, this beautiful smile. He reached his hand out and touched my shoulder right here. And when he touched my shoulder, that's when I realized, that's when my mouth hit the floor. I said, oh, he's forgiving me. He is forgiving me. He wasn't judging me and throwing me in the pit. He forgave me. That's what he did. And when he touched me right there, he started talking. He didn't talk with his mouth, but he was, I knew everything he was saying. It's like as if he was, you know, I didn't think about it, but he was telling me, he said, I'm going to use you in my kingdom. You're going to teach my people my word. You're going to teach the people my word. Now, here's where I started getting confused because I didn't know how to teach no word. And then back then, I don't know if uh, internet, I don't even know if the internet was out. And if it was, we didn't have it. Didn't know what a Google was then. Had no idea. So I didn't know um, how this was going to happen, what he was telling me. And he told me, he said, my own people do not know my word and they don't know how to hear me. That's what he told me. Now, I'm standing there thinking, what do you want me to do about this? 
how am I going to help the world know your voice? And I didn't understand, but I heard what he said. And he showed me some things. He showed me, um, I saw Eve eating the apple. It's like we looked over this balcony type thing, and I saw Eve eating the apple. But he wasn't focusing on that. He was focusing on how sin came about and how every went down into her womb, the seed, the bad seed. And he showed me how each one of us here on this planet, each one of us, uh, we're not here for a mistake. Uh, we're not accidents from our parents. We chose to be here. Every single one of us chose to be here. We chose our families, whether, you know, you, you regret it now or not. You chose your family. But when we chose to be here um, originally, because before he knew, before we were humans, he knew us. Okay. And at the time when he told me this, I didn't know the Bible. I did not know until this year that his word said, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I learned that this year, right? But this is what he told me 17 years ago. And he's showing me how we chose our life. We chose, this is a test. Every day of our life is a test. Every single day, it's a test to come back home and choose him or not to. Okay, I'm not going to preach here, but this is what he showed me. Okay, and that we have choices. Our life could be something really good and beautiful if we choose it, or our life could be destructive if we choose it. Okay, so he was showing me the importance of our choices that we make with what we say, what we do, everything we do. Okay, and he was showing me how um, sin was brought into the world, how Satan corrupted the seed, because each one of us is a piece of God's literal heart. Not metaphorically, we are a piece of God's heart. That's why in the Christian faith, we have to get our heart like his, like Jesus's. We have to learn uh, to to trans let him transform our life, not just speak it with our mouth, but live it, live it. Let him continue to live through us. The most, the two most important things is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and body, and then love other people, help other people, you know, really reach out to other people. Um, for my ministry small, I got saved a year and a half ago. And um, what all this led up to when, when I, okay, let me get back. I'm sorry. Um, so he was showing me this stuff. And when I came, he said, give your life to me, go live for me. That's the last thing he said to me. And I popped up in my bed, popped up my husband standing there and I'm throwing up like violently throwing up, telling him, I just saw Jesus. I'm puking up these pills so bad. And, um, the next day, okay, I kind of was just shocked at what just happened. Uh, kind of confused and shocked and everything. And the next day, my oldest sister calls me on the phone. She had no idea what I had done. She had no idea about nothing. I haven't talked to her in about a week at that time. And she said, Kim, I don't know what's going on in your life the next day. She said, but I had a bad dream, Kim. She said, I saw you burning in hell. She said, I don't know what you're doing, but you better change it. And I was really shocked. I was like, she had no idea that yesterday I almost walked into it, literally. And I didn't, but it was right there. One more step, I would have never, I wouldn't be here. I'd be in my casket. Um, that's where I'd be. So he was showing me our choices really matter. And we choose um, the life that we want, you know, and if we, if we uh, accept him, and, and become more like him, then we should do just that, become more like him and how he comes in and helps us. But it's like the battle. He was showing me the battle is between God and Satan. That's, that's where the battle is. We're just caught in the middle. We're caught in the middle. 
but we have a way to get back where we come from if we choose it, you know? And, um, so anyway, so I walked around all those years, not knowing why he told me I'm going to teach people his word. And I didn't even know the word. I didn't know the Bible at all. Um, three words. He was three reasons I'm alive today for the word believe what it means to be baptized in the water and the pre-tribulation rapture and how to hear him. So that's, that's what four things I'm here for. Um, people don't know how to hear him. And that's what I teach on my uh, YouTube channel. I teach you how to be Christ-like so you can hear him. That's what he got me here to do. And there's no human being on this planet teaching me the Bible. And he said it wouldn't, there can't be only him. I hear him daily, literally. And I teach you how to hear him. Sometimes you may not hear him with your ears. Sometimes I do. Um, but you mostly hear him in your circumstances. Or it might be like on the inside, like a microphone on the inside. There's different ways. But when you know him, which is what I teach you how to know him, when you know him, then you do hear him. And everybody's meant to. I'm not special. I'm not no different than anybody out there. But he does show me things. Um, I take my, my uh, no, not the whole channel because there's some things you can't say openly on YouTube. So I take them to Google Meets four nights a week. And we have church right there four nights a week class, intensive Bible study. Um, I have two people that join the ministry that help with things like world news and updated information, stuff like that. And, um, and we grow, we grow, 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 grow. Okay. But, um, and that's what, that's what I'm here to do. That's what I'm here to do. That's why I'm alive today. So I didn't know how any of this he told me was going to happen. It didn't make no sense to me, but I knew one thing for 16 years, I could not, I just saw Jesus Christ. Okay. The, the barn, there was a barn there. Everything I've seen, my mom, the people teaching, you know, him teaching that group, the barn, the fence, his eyes. I noticed when he said, start one more step, you'll be in outer darkness. You won't come back. I noticed he was turning around and I noticed his muscle, his arms were muscular. They were muscled and he had a robe about the year. And um, I remember thinking, wow, Jesus is pretty fit. Even pumping iron up there or something is pretty muscular. And um, so, but then I didn't think no more about that until this year. But all I could think about after all that, through all these years was that fence. And I was thinking, here you saw Jesus Christ. He saved you from stepping into eternity in the, in, uh, the pit. And all you could think about is that fence, that fence, white pig of fence. Well, speed it forward. I didn't, I, I did not do anything with it. I didn't do anything with it. I went back out to the bars. I kept doing my thing, singing in the band. I just did whatever I did <clears throat> until, uh, um, two Aprils ago, 2020. Um, my mom, I had major shoulder surgery, major shoulder surgery. So about a week after I had that, my mother, who I was very close to, I was her baby of four and I was very close to my mother, very close. And, um, she, after a week after my surgery, I had like a year and a half recovery from it. Wrote a cup. Um, she went downhill with Alzheimer's and dementia. And um, so my, my family, my sisters had to jump in there and take care. And then my stepdad went down with Parkinson's. They went down with Parkinson's at the same time. So I couldn't physically go do anything. I had recently recovered from this shoulder. Now this shoulder. So anyway, I would go about six months into my recovery and help my sisters. Right. But I couldn't do anything physically. They both needed physical round the clock help. 
So um, wrap it up. My, my, my stepdad passed away, and then a week later, my mom passed. Okay, and the and me and my one sister was already arguing about something. I don't remember what, but we were already at it. But me and my other sister and my brother, no, we weren't like that. We was nothing like that. Well, the day my mother passed away, stepdad a week before her, my family dropped me flat. Just it was over. They wouldn't talk to me, nothing to do with me. It was completely over. And that was a shock to my system. I was shocked. And that's when I went outside and I realized I just lost my whole family. Don't know why. To this day, I still don't know why. No reason why. I know they wouldn't hold my surgery against me. They wouldn't do that. I don't know what it is, right? So I figure. And um, so I go outside and I say, well, God, I won't live through this. I won't survive this. Okay? So I said, I'm going to have to come to you. I'm going to have to give you everything I got because I'm going to need your help to get through this. And I did. I fell on the mud, in the mud in my front yard, face first, really, and said, God, just take me. Take me. Do whatever you want to do with me, but you got to help me get through this. And so he did. I come in the house. I pick up my Bible. I have not put it down. And I mean, like the first three months, I couldn't put it down. I couldn't find no peace. I couldn't come out of it. I mean, I couldn't come out of it. I was in it constantly. And he was just downloading, downloading, downloading. He had me a notebook. When I was with him, he showed me a very specific way to teach people how to study his words. Very specific way. He showed me that people don't understand what they read when they read the Bible. They don't understand what they're reading. They read it thinking they're doing something. Then they didn't learn to think because they don't even know what they read. <clears throat> they get bored with it. They get sleepy. He showed me Bibles with dust caked up on it. So. Now that I gave myself to him, I know I'm doing my I'm doing now what he has me here to do. Um, he ordained me. He did to teach and preach his word. I have my ordained license right here, but he ordained me. No person on the face of this earth ever taught me anything about God's word. He does every day, every day. And what he teaches me, I come and teach it to whoever listens. That's what I do. OK, and um, I'm jumping all over the place. His main concern for people is, is to know him, to want to know him, and to live like he did, because there's coming a day very soon. He showed me things coming, okay? He showed me war. He showed me natural disasters. He showed me things that's happening now, like with all the water infiltrations in Europe and stuff, the floods, and, and there's more stuff coming in our skies. There's more stuff coming. Um, there's more stuff coming this fall. This fall, things are going to get pretty intense, okay? Um, I'm not going to go into full detail, but you're going to start seeing things. I can tell you this. You need to stock up on food and water, like now, like right now. Yeah. And we just think about it. You can't live more than five or six days without water. You need to talk about water. So I tell you all that on my channel. Um, but – so anyway, so I give my life to him and he's teaching me, he's teaching me, he's teaching me. And I'm learning, learning, learning. Then I'm on here making videos. And then I heard him the night at my mother's funeral. He said, you're in training. That's the day I gave my life to him. That's the day. He said, you're in training. I heard him in my dining room. I didn't remember. I didn't click what he told me 17 years ago to this. I didn't click. I just said, I'm in training. I don't know what for. I was devastated. If I heard you're in training. I'm studying, studying. I'm getting all this revelation, what this means, what that means. So I'm, a, I'm alive today for three, 
three main things. What does it mean to be baptized in the water? What does it mean to believe and, and how to hear him? And he explained to me about a pre-tribulation rapture. People aren't going to like this, but, but it's what it is. Um, there's a lot of, I'm here today because there is no pre-tribulation rapture. Okay. And, and God's word tells you that. So a lot, I was raised up to believe there was because that's what people said, but that's not true. He said, that's not my word. That's what he told me. He said, that's not my word. He said, people, he showed me when I was with him, like, it seemed like a group of uh, scribes. Yeah. Like a vision. Like I was, you showed it to me like a movie, I guess you can say. Um, like a group of scribes way back generations ago that didn't understand his words. So they unanimously voted and they went the doctors throughout generations. He said, it's not my word. He said, my word says that you will be persecuted. My word says they will hate you for my namesake. My word says they may even kill you for my namesake. Right. And then when you read it, that is what it says. That is what it says. So this getting caught up out of here, blinked out of here and going through nothing is not not accurate. Um, it says, and then he, he took me, he had my Bible. I don't know how he had it in his hand. And he showed me Matthew 24 and he explained it to me in Matthew 24, uh, that we're here for some of it, but we're not here for his wrath. So we're here for like three and a three, three and a half years of, of it. And he said, and I was thinking in my head when he was showing me this, that we're here for some of this tribulation. And when I was thinking, I was like, what does it matter if they're pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, as long as they believe in you? He heard me. He said, it matters. He's very authoritative. He said, it matters. He said, because people that think they're going to get caught up out of here and not go through anything, he said, they're not taking my word serious enough. He said, and they're not ready for what's coming. They do not have their armor on. They're not prepared for what's coming and they will fall. They don't think they have anything to go through and they will fall. He was showing me how Satan, his adversary, come to steal us away from God because God explained to me that we have we have one weapon. The only weapon we need to fight evil forces with, and that's his word. And, and that don't mean just holding it. It means knowing it and living by it, obeying it, living it. Right. That's our what's like a, it's a sword. It's our sword to fight evil with and we'll win every time. But but the devil also, he showed me, has one weapon to hurt God with. And that's us, me and you. That's us. If he can get us to uh, fall away or go to other religions or, or um, anything away from God, anything away from Jesus, then we he stuck us right in God's heart and twisted it. Because there's nothing that can hurt God but us. Right. So that's what he was showing me. Um, and, and he showed me how the road to heaven is very narrow. Very few people are on it. A lot. Of, he said a lot of people. I saw a mass amount of people thinking they're all going to heaven. And he said, why is the road to destruction? And many go there and by. He said, because the way on the narrow road is difficult and people don't want to do it. Because we have to learn to fall in love with God, give him our heart and give him our life, you know, and learn to let him live through us. We're doing things his way. And most people don't want to do that. You know, so I teach, uh, I'll teach a lot of people how to find happiness, you know, because people, um, and no matter what religion they're in or whatever, um, they're looking for this happiness. There's something missing and they can't find it. They can't find it. 
you know, and they're looking all over the place and they can't find it. Okay. Well, I know the way. So I teach it to you. And it's through getting to know God and, and living for him. And then like the situation in my life right now where my family, I'm still suffering the circum. People look for external happiness. And when you're a Christian, if you're looking for external happiness in Christianity, then you're in the wrong religion because you're not going to get that here. You'll get an internal happiness and internal peace. Your circumstances are going to stay the same because we're here <clears throat> for our choices and to learn lessons every day. So we're going to experience stuff in our circumstances, but he will give us a peace on the inside. Like now, how in the world am I able to get up and teach a class of 25, 30 people every other night when I'm still suffering, which I am. I'm, I'm very, it's, you know, to lose your family in one day, uh, five people, that's pretty, pretty intense, pretty hard. But it's because of him helping me to endure, um, giving me an inner peace, an inner joy, like, uh, you know, and he downloads to me all the time, all the time in my group, uh, not just my channel. He don't really do it on my channel. He has one. But when we come together as the group on Google Meets, when we do that, um, there's like 20 of us, maybe um, he will give me messages about people I teach. He'll show me things about people I teach. And nobody lives in my state. And I've only been teaching for a year and a half. OK, but like they, they call me their military Bible boot camp teacher because I don't play fluff and buff or try to tickle your ears because we don't have much time left here. We really don't. And people need to take it serious. So I give it to you the way he gives it to me, which is very serious. It's very serious because there's a lot of souls getting led astray from him. And, and it hurts him because we are part of his heart, every single one of us. And um, it makes him happy when we choose him. When we choose him, people are looking for happiness, joy, and peace, and they're not finding it anywhere until they say, okay, let me give you a try. Now, when you give him a try, really give him a try. Really give him a try. Give him all you got, and then you'll never turn around. Or you will never walk out, but do expect some persecution. You know, people will mock you. Um, so Christians, you know, it's, it's pretty sad because you have, like, a Muslim race, for example, they know, they know their Quran. They know it. And you got a Christian um, who hardly even knows the Bible. It's pretty sad. It's pretty pathetic. You know, so um, we should know. If we're in a relationship, it's a relationship. We should know him. It's got to be an intimate relationship. Like like as if you have with your spouse. You know, give him everything you got, really. And, and he really loves that intimacy, that quiet time alone with him. I encourage my group, don't just watch my videos. Shut him off sometime and spend alone time with him. He loves that. But anyway, he'll give me messages about people I teach. He does that quite often. He'll show me things. He'll give me downloads of things all the time, every day. Um, he teaches me the work every day. No human being. And he told me I wasn't allowed to listen to any human beings because he said my own, that's how he said it. He said my own people do not know my word. And they're teaching destructive doctrines a lot of places. So um, um, everything we do here, and it's not nothing special or fancy about me. I'm a vessel. That's all I am. I'm a vessel. And I know and I understand why I'm alive today. So anyway, this year, when I gave my life to him, and I mean, I'm sorry, last year, 2016 in April, 
the day I gave my life to him, about a week into studying, 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 I'm by myself at the table, just going at it. I can't stop, man. Can't stop. I slept with the Bible. I couldn't stop. You know, and I was grieving over my family, just grieving, man. And um, anyway, it was pretty intense. But he explained to me the first thing he revealed to me about that day I was with him. I got the whole thing now. The first thing he revealed to me was that white pig offense. That white pick of tents was the first thing he revealed to me. He said, Kim, that fence was between me and you. And it was. He said, that fence is your sins. You got to tear the fence down so I can come and help you. But it's your choice. Your choice. So I was like, wow, I know what that fence means. I couldn't stop thinking about that fence all those years. Then he revealed to me what my mother was doing there because she was alive then. So he took me 16 years into the future. He revealed this to me now that that day I was with my mother. Okay. She was there with him. So I was 16 years in the future because he's like, all this is going to happen to you, Kim, when I take your mother home, your life's going to fall apart and you're going to want to take yourself again, but I'm going to be your strength. The reason why you saw my muscles, he said, because that's my strength that I'm giving to you during this time. You saw my strength. It's literal. It is his strength getting me through it. That's it. That's it. Um, I saw him teaching on the bar, side of the barn when he was kind of young. He looked kind of young because I'm kind of young spiritually when he's got me out here teaching and preaching his word. Okay. And to me, it's like the biggest job is bigger than it's bigger than the president of the United States to me because <laughs> I am guiding and directing people's eternal soul to their eternal destination that's huge that's huge and i take it very seriously you know there's a lot of people getting led the wrong way wide road to destruction um that barn he revealed the barn to me i know what's the barn 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 that the barn was empty he said kim that's your job to fill my barn up with my sheep fill them up you know so i'm a motivator He's got me motivating people to think about your life. Think about, because one thing is for sure, every one of us has in common. We, ain't, we are not going to be in this skin forever. This skin is going to uh, dis disappear. It's going to go away. And, and I say that when you come um, out of your body, it's like as if you flick your fingernail. I feel that on my fingernail. I feel it. Okay. But if I clip it off, and throw it over there. That's my represent my body. I'm still here. And I know, I see, I smell, I'm still here. My fingernails over there. I mean, think about that fingernail. I'm here. And it's just like that, y'all. It's just like that. So wherever you go, I know many people say different things, but I'm going to tell you, um, there's either two places you go and you choose it. He doesn't throw people into hell. That's our choice. We choose it. It's all our choice. And that's what the whole thing is about. So um, he gave me, a, he told me to start the videos. He will sometimes when I'm teaching, he'll be coming out of my mouth while I'm teaching. And it's just like he just comes out of me and have me circling things on the board and underlining things. And I'm just like, wow. You know, he taught my whole group of lessons just the other day. He's teaching us how to be the body. My group on Google Meet, how to be, they're my YouTubers, some of them, how to be the body. Okay, he's teaching me still, and I teach it to them. And um, he gave me a, a word. He said, I want you to make anointing oil out of the same, um, the same fragrances I requested that he demanded 
in the uh, altar of incense at the tabernacle and the temple back in the old days. So he had four requirements. I can't remember the name of them, but it's in Exodus. He said, burn those in the altar of incense for the smell, the prayers of my people. Well, I had to make oil out of those four ingredients and we couldn't find it. Me and my friend in Australia, we looked and looked on the phone five hours. We couldn't find these oil. We couldn't find these fragrances anywhere. And then I heard him. He said, get it from Jerusalem. I'm like, we got to get it from Jerusalem. We're looking in Jerusalem for a day and a half. Can't find it nowhere. We get on Google Meets. Our group gets together. And I said, y'all, we got to find this stuff to make this oil. I heard him clear. As soon as we're all together, all on our phones, looking for it, within five minutes, the oil was found, all four of them, in Jerusalem, in the mail, on the way. And now I made their oil. He said he was going to anoint it himself. And the people got it. So he was, I said, did y'all see what he did? Most people didn't recognize that was God doing that. I did right away. I said, that lesson was from God, you guys. Because that same day he had us fasting together. It's the first time I fasted. He had us fasting together as a group. He was teaching us to be a group. And now he showed us when you come together with the body and you're praying and fasting and doing things together as a body, he moves quick. He moves quick. And he showed it to us that day. And um, so that's what I do. I, I, I teach every single day now. And I know now what my purpose is, what I'm alive to do. And I, know, and I do it. I just felt bad that I waited 16 years to do it. I did feel bad about that. But he told me, I hear him all the time. He said, Kim, he said, I knew 16 years ago that you wasn't going to give your life to me for 16 years. When I told you go give your life to me, I knew that. But the point is, I'm doing it now. I'm doing it when it matters. Okay. I've got a lot of people coming to me. My, they email me like I'm Moses or something from my channel. They email me like I'm Moses. Okay. I'm not Moses, but I get a hundred emails a day. My channel's not real big. I've been doing a year and a half. I got 1,558 people, but it's enough for me because I'm so personal with these people, interacting emails, individual Google meets during the daytime, one-on-ones. I mean, I'm at it all day, all night with these people. And, uh, and it just, God turned me into some kind of a counselor, um, psychiatrist, um, <laughs> preacher, teacher. I don't know what I am, but I know that these people are lost and they need guidance and they need something to look forward to because we have something to look forward to. So I'm doing now, I feel good now because I know I'm doing what he has me here to do. Hmm. And I'm, and I feel complete now. That's well, pretty much my story. Kim, first I want to say thank you so much for sharing that with us. And if you don't mind, can you describe what Jesus looked like for us? Sure. I stared in his face. Yes. He um he wasn't white. He wasn't black. He was Middle Eastern looking. He had hair a little bit lighter than mine. It was brown, wavy hair about to his shoulders. Um, he had his face was a little bit thinner than what which most pictures portray him. He had a little beard and a mustache, but he had the bluest eyes I've ever seen. The bluest eyes I've ever seen. And when they looked, I was staring in his eyes. I was just a couple feet away from his face. He was taller than me, about six feet tall, I guess. Um, but I was focusing on his eyes. Yeah, and, and his smile. Uh, when he, he didn't talk to me with his mouth, but I heard everything he said. And I, it, you know what? It wasn't like I was standing there going, oh, it's Jesus. Oh, what's he look? No, it, it wasn't even like that. It was like I already knew him. Like it was like, oh man, he's going to be so mad at me. It was like, I, I it was like, um, 
I knew him. He didn't have to tell me who he was. I knew who he was. As soon as I turned around, I heard his voice. I knew who he was right away. There's a knowing because we are part of his heart. We really are. So we were a piece of him, you know, Um, but he was beautiful blue eyes and I could, I was staring in his eyes and I could feel this love. He was staring at me. I could feel the love radiating around me. Like it was like, uh, I can't even explain it. And as he was, as I was looking in his eyes, I could see they looked like crystal uh, crystals just, and this blue I've never seen before. And you, his eyes talk to you. They talk to you. They look right through you. He touched my shoulder. He let me feel his pain. He let me feel pain that we cause him when we reject him or we find anybody but him. Okay. He let me feel the pain I caused him. And he let me feel a lot of love too. Um, he showed me more things. Some of it's personal, but he's really, um, the main thing I get from it is for me to do what I'm doing and to, to, to teach people the truth of his word and that our choices matter. But he was beautiful. He didn't look his robe, what he had on a white robe. It wasn't white and shiny. I mean, it was white, but it wasn't all shiny. He looked like a humble servant. That's what he looked like. And we were in the desert. I didn't go to heaven. And after I had got saved, my, I just lost my mom. So for about two months, I was crying out, screaming at a hard time, y'all. I'm her baby. And I was like, why did I, you let me see you? Why didn't you take me to heaven? Why didn't you take me to heaven? And he said, Kim, because you wasn't going to heaven. We were in the desert because you were barren. Your life was barren. You were on your way to outer darkness. So that's why I was in the desert. I wasn't going to heaven. <laughs> but my mother, he showed me that my mother, because I was freaking out, is my mother there? Is my mother there? He said, Kim, you was with your mother while she's with me in the future. Yeah. So, so I, got, I got all the answers now to everything I saw and everything that happened to me. From what I understand, he spoke to you telepathically. He wasn't using his mouth. But still, what, yeah, did, but what did his voice sound like? Oh yeah. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't with his mouth. It was, it was deep and it was authoritative and it was also loving. (laughs) It was deep. It always is. I hear him all the time. It's deep and authoritative, but loving and gentle. If that makes any sense. (laughs) Right. Can you tell us some of the things that he showed you of the future? Yeah, he, I'll tell you some. Um, he showed me a lot of catastrophes, like with hurricanes, a lot of water, a lot of water water issues that are coming now. Um, there's going to be a water issue. going to be no water. You know, find no water. You're going to see water, then no water. Um, he showed me a lot of catastrophes with hurricanes, a lot of uh, calamities like with the sky, like uh, meteorites, maybe planets, things falling on the earth, um, a lot of stuff like that, and a lot of devastation. At one point, he put me in a snow globe. I'm standing in a snow globe. Because he gives me visions. He showed me America falling. Okay. And this was what you, uh, open vision, what you call it's not a dream. It's when you're there. It's, you never forget it. You never forget it. Dreams you forget when you wake up. Um, this was a vision. I saw the same Jesus. I forgot about it. I saw the same Jesus that I was with 17 years ago. This was last year. And I was standing in a barn. It's nighttime, another barn. And I'm in the doorway. And I look up. And I don't see him yet, but I'm, I'm watching this red, white, and blue cube, transparent looking, falling real slow from the sky. And I'm just watching it. And I'm like, wow, it's beautiful. There's all glistening and shiny. And it goes out. I'm watching it go around the barn. And I watch it go away. 
And I look back up, and now these two balls of light look like disco balls falling really slow, and they hit the ground, and boop, there's Jesus right there. And uh, it looked like a, a medieval-looking guard with him, and Jesus was handcuffed in the front, and they, it started raining. It was the same Jesus I saw. His hair was soaking wet. And they walked him over to this black-looking cage, and the guard is fumbling for the keys to get him in there. And Jesus, handcuffed. Jesus turns and looks at me at the barn and tears flowing down his face. And then I, then I was at, it was over. And I knew right then that was Christian persecution coming and America falling. America is falling. It is falling. Hmm. And there is going to be Christian persecution. What do you think inspires you about your experience? Oh, because he's helping me get through the roughest part of my life when I lost my, my family's a shock. You know, it's a shock, and, and there's no way I could get through this ever, ever. I wouldn't be here if he wasn't helping me. I would not be here. You know, and he's inspired me to help other people. I can't believe I, me, an ex-drug addict, an ex-pillhead junkie, <laughs> in and out of jail, was a nobody, a bar hopper. I'm helping people. Um, I'm helping people. Um, change their lives and find meaning and purpose in their own lives. I'm finding people find, I'm helping them get inner happiness. I'm showing them the way. It's incredible that he's using somebody like me to show them the way. Yeah, it's very, um, he gives, he makes me feel like uh, I, I look forward to it. You know, I, there's not much to look forward to here really, but um, I look forward to getting up and studying his word and, and helping the people and, it helps me. It helps me to reach out and help somebody else when I'm still hurting. You know, it, it helps me back. It helps to help other people. Do you think you were given any special abilities from your experience, like clairvoyance or being empathic or something? I don't know what you call it. Um, I do. There are some special abilities because he'll show me things about people I teach. <laughs> like, like, for instance, there's a, there's a young lady in my class that comes in my class. And um, we had a one-on-one -on -one Google meet and I said, don't say anything. Don't say anything. I heard him. He'll talk to me right here in my left ear all the time. And I said, don't say anything. I said, I already know why you wanted to have this meeting. I already know. I said, I hear him. And, and I said, he, he's telling me right now that you have got yourself caught up. You're out there trying to witness to some Luciferians and you're not strong enough. And you're, you're witnessing to some people that's in the occult. And I said, and she said, oh, how did you know? I said, because he just told me because she's not strong enough in her faith to take on that battle yet. But that he, he shows me things. <laughs> he really does show me things about people I teach and it blows their mind. But that's what he's doing. Do you think it was Jesus that gave you the abilities or it was a result of your experience? No, it's Jesus. Hmm. It's Jesus for sure. He, when he anointed, when he touched my shoulder right here, it was like a zap went through my body. Like, but it wasn't painful. It was like a zap. And he said, I anoint you to teach my people my word. You're going to teach the people my word. And he anointed me to teach it. I mean, there's no human being. You know, if you, if, if you ever heard me teach, there's no way. I wouldn't know how to teach the Bible. The Bible? I couldn't teach the Bible unless he taught it to me, and he is. And it's just it's a good feeling to uh, – I see people coming in all the time with no knowledge of it, no faith. They come in with a lot of fear and worry and anxiety, and they're freaking out. And now I've been teaching them for a couple months. You don't hear that fear no more. Um, they're starting to bust out scriptures. They got more um, – more, um, 
more secure, you know, in their self, they're growing, they're growing. That's what feels good about it to, to help somebody um, lose that fear and, and that um, self, you know, that I'm no good type of stuff. A lot of them come with that. I'm no good. They feel like when they make a mistake or fall, you know, that they're, when they make a mistake or slip up and fall that, you know, God's going to shove their face in the mud and he doesn't do that. He, we, we are going to make mistakes. We're human, right? But he wants us to understand, to learn from it, to learn from it, and do things different next time. You know, it's like we're going up a step, ladder, 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 this life. Everything, every, everything in this life is a lesson for the life to come. That's what he said. What do you think is the most important lesson that he taught you? The most important lesson? Well... The most important lesson he taught me, I would say, is that I can depend on him. Because when I say I was close to my mother, I was very close to my mother. And my family knew. I mean, I was really close to my mom. My family knew, and I heard him say it too. Boy, when your mom goes, Kim ain't going to stick around. And, and Kim wasn't planning on sticking around when my mama went. And then I found out I lost the rest of my family too after that. And we didn't even have a funeral for my mother. Nobody had – anyway – my most important lesson I learned is that I can continue to live my life with his help and still be happy. <laughs> and still this situation's still there. The circumstances are still there, but I can continue to live now for my family, my grandkids, where I'm supposed to be here, you know, I'm supposed to be here. So he's helping me, um, give me strength to do that. And I could find some happiness and peace in a very crappy situation. Yeah, hmm. that I could still stand up and I could still be here and do what I need to do, no matter what the situation. He'll help me. I'm assuming that you're a completely different person than you were years ago. How have your <laughs> friends reacted to the new you? Um, well, they're pretty shocked because I was pretty wide open, Harley riding, mama yelling, drinking. Every other word was F, F, uh, you know, a bad, very bad mouth two years ago. Um, so they're pretty, they're just like, wow, they're, they're more or less inspired. They're just like, wow. Um, now, as I say, God is a God of restoration. And now what happened with my family, don't know why I do understand why. Cause he told me, um, when I first got saved, he said he allowed, he didn't cause it, but he allowed me to, he moved my family out of the way. That's what he did to bring me to my knees. Cause I was not on them. I was not on them. And he allowed it to happen because that's where I went straight on my face to God. And that's where I needed to be because this is what he saved me to do. And, but now I've been pounding at it and I don't hate my family or anything. I pray for them. God, whatever's hurting them, help them. I don't know what it is, but just, I help them, you know, but he's restoring. He's starting to restore. One of my, one of my sisters were back and she'll watch my videos and she's like, wow, Kim, she's like, you have changed. She said, you, you're different. Well, I am different because I, I'm all the way different because he has changed me. And that's what being a Christian is about. It's not just the words or it's, it's being changed from the inside out. What's on your heart will manifest from you. Mm -hmm. What's the name of your website and your YouTube channel? My YouTube channel is called We Are Jesus Doers. And my website is called JesusDoers.com. If people want to reach out to you and just chat with you, like on Facebook or your website or something, 
Um, are you open to that? And if so, how do they contact you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm very interactive with everybody on my channel, you know, as, as long as I can be until it grows big enough where I can't be. But um, you could reach me on my channel. I answer everybody back. In the description on my videos, I have ways you can get in touch with me. Um, you can email me. That's always in my description on my videos. Teal'Kim68 at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. I don't do much on Facebook. Um, not really a big Facebooker. Okay. I'm so busy with YouTube, I don't have time to do Facebook. Has this experience faded over the years like a dream, or is it still as fresh as it was when it happened? No, it was fresh as it was when it happened. Fresh, very fresh. More fresh now than it was. Um, if, over the past 16 years, for 16 years after it happened, it kind of faded a bit because I got hooked back up on drugs and alcohol. I didn't think about it, you know, but now uh, since the day my mother went home and, and I decided to make this change, it's, it's, it's more fresh than it was then because um, I remember when I first got saved, I did my, one of my first videos was a testimony of my death experience, but I didn't have the answers then why he was showing me this stuff. I was like, now I've got the answers why he showed me everything I saw had the most significant meaning for this year. Everything I saw, everything he told me, I didn't understand that a year ago. He's been downloading information to me about everything he showed me while I was with him. Now, I understand it all now. It was all for now. Hmm. So I'm, just, I'm still making videos updating my, um, my experience my testimony it's it's not finished yet it's still coming you know there's still new meaning all the time it's very alive it's like his words breathe like they just breathe you know he told me he looked at me he did his eyebrows down he said some will listen some will not i didn't know what he meant by that then but now that i'm teaching it i see it all over the place some will listen some will not i hear his words like breathe all the time all the time mm -hmm. do you fear death no, no, I used to. No, 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 not at all. No, and I'm not going to say I look forward to it, but um, I, I'm, it wouldn't hurt my feelings to get off this planet. <laughs> no, I don't fear it, fear it at all. Like I said, it's just like clipping off your fingernail. It's what it is like. Mm -hmm. It's like clipping off your fingernail, throwing it over there. That's your body. You're still here. You know, I fear, I do fear where I would go. <laughs> That's what I would fear. But now I'm very secure. I know where I'm going. I have no fear. I'm excited about it. <laughs> but uh, while I'm here, it's obvious I'm needed here, you know, right now. So while I'm here, I want to help as many people as I can. And that's what I tell my people. I teach us that y'all this time, this next time when I stand before him, Jesus Christ, I'm not going to stand in front of him with the shame I had. I had full of shame and guilt. And now I'm not going to have him look at me like this. You know, he's going to, I'm going to make him smile. I'm going to say, look what I brought you, Jesus. That's what I'm going to say. And I'm going to stand inside and there's going to be an ocean full of people that I helped drag up that hill into heaven. That's what I'm going to bring him. That's my goal. That's my goal. And I'm going to do it. And I am doing it. One thing I'm curious about is you mentioned earlier in the podcast that we chose this life or we chose everything in this life. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, we chose our families. We chose our family. He was showing me how we chose our families. But when we originally chose our families, we don't remember those because we're human now. 
I don't know what we were, we were spirits. We were part of his heart. You know, that's what we were. We don't say we're angels, but we were part of him, his heart. So when we originally chose this, it was that there was no evil here. He was showing me there was no evil here. There was no, no sin here. So we saw a perfect life. The Garden of Eden it was supposed to have been perfect. And then, of course, Satan corrupted it. Corrupted, showed me that she swallowed the seed and caused corruption. So now that Satan has done this to us, he's like, your choices. Now he went on into choices. Your choices matter. You know, we chose our family. We This is a test. We're here. We chose to come down from heaven, which is where we come from, for a test. This life is a test for each one of us. Okay, and, we, and we're like, yes, yes, I want that test. Yes, yes. But we didn't know it was going to be this hard, okay, because we just, Satan wasn't here when we chose it. But now he is here and causing all kind of corruptions, trying to get you to fall away from him, uh, go away from him every, him every chance you get. So your choices, you know, God was showing he don't throw you in hell and he doesn't determine you come to heaven. You do. You determine where you go. Is hell real? Yes, it's real. But it wasn't made for us. He was telling me that it wasn't made for us. It wasn't made for us. But Satan wants to make sure that we choose to go there. But God wants us to come back home. And he showed me that we're going to have our new earth. This earth ain't going to last long. I'd say 10 more years if that. But this earth, that's true. But we're going to have new earth. The new heaven will come down. The new earth will have new bodies. I'll look like me. I won't have that birthmark right there. You know, my everything will be straightened out, but I'll look like me. The Bible says you'll have flesh and bone. You know, flesh and bone will have new, like it was in the Garden of Eden. God restores everything back to its original state, everything. But right. we choose it. It's all our choice. I'm sorry. All our choice. It's all right. Now, you mentioned that we're going to have a new earth in about 10 years. Uh, do you happen to know when he'll be coming back? No, I don't know when he'll be coming back. Um, we don't know that. No way to know that. I just know it's soon. And I feel like um, he gives me some feelings on that. Like we're That's one thing I teach. We don't look for the time of his coming. We're to look for the signs. And the signs are everywhere. The signs are all around us and intensifying. That's what we look for. You know, and they're everywhere. Start, we'll see more calamities. I know this. I know we'll see more calamities before he comes back. We'll see, uh, well, we'll see more things falling from the sky. We'll see more earthquakes. You know, we'll see some more devastation, and we're going to see that within the next couple of years pretty big. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you've got the website. You've got the YouTube channel. Do you have anything else that you're working on that you want us to know about? No, I'm so busy with what I have. I'm not trying to write a book or anything like that. Um, I'm just trying to help the people. Mm. So whoever comes to my channel, um, like I say, I'm very personal with these people, emailing all day long, taking them to class at Google Meets, and I do try to help as much as I can. Um, sometimes uh, my channel, a lot of people come and they don't have study Bibles, so I buy them for them, and I'm not working, okay? Um, some people does help my ministry, but I buy you study Bibles. I, I don't charge you. I buy them for you. Okay, and um, I try to help my people that need to help. I don't want anybody to use me, but I do try to help my people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as much as I can. That's I'm here to help. That's great. All right, well, before we finish up here, Kim, do you have one last positive message that you can share with everyone? That God loves everybody very much, 
And he would, he really, really wants nothing more than for you to choose him and let him come in and help you because you're going to see some things that are fearful coming up. But he told us, don't be fear. He said that a bunch of times, no fear. He said, when you see these things, he said, matter of fact, be exceedingly glad because we're about to go home, y'all. And we want to go home. We want to go home. That home. Thank you, Kim, for that message. And thank you again for being my guest. I really appreciate you and I wish you the best. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Right. And I wish you the best too. I like your show. Thank you very much. Good oh, job. Oh, well, thank you. And, and uh, have a great evening. You too. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.